I've wanted to have a good chat through the news with you for a while, to be honest, because I don't know anyone else who on Twitter is just instantly there with the hot take. Was it a hot? Would you call them hot takes? Are you a hot take? How did I just some? Sometimes the phrase hot take implies that you know somebody's just kind of making stuff up for it, coming up with stuff for effect whether they agree with it or not and I think in my case the majority of the time I do kind of you know I do agree with everything that I'm saying I'm not just saying it because I'm looking to increase a Twitter following or you know getting the paper or anything like that so it's more just a you know I think I think hot I think hot takes are designed to be miniature you shoot from the hip purpose. though right I mean like you yeah you say what you think and yeah yeah I don't, yeah. I don't always get it spot on I don't always get it 100% correct or 100% inoffensive because most of the time you can try your best not to offend anybody and you're still going to offend somebody, come what may. You know, so I just tend to say whatever pops into my head and if it's, you know, if it's a popular opinion, great. If people want to give me abuse for it, great. <laughs> whatever. I'll say something else in 10 minutes and you can have a go at me about that instead. For those that don't know, Simon is um, man behaving dadly um, on um social media platforms but he, i've noticed you may correct correct me if i'm wrong but i'm your your that that was a kind of a parenting blog um that perhaps your more m- more recent stuff around politics and around social issues that's less to do with parenting and maybe there's a bit of a division between simon harris and man behaving dadly now is that right i mean there used to be i mean again the the problem with parenting blogs is that you kind of cover it all very, very quickly. As in, parenting's parenting, you know, it's hard. Oh, I've had another baby, let's talk about that. And then, once you run out of having babies, and you think, oh, do you know what? I can't have any more just for likes on Facebook and Twitter, you think, do you know what? Let's talk about politics, because it generally will affect people a hell of a lot more than me ranting about changing nappies and God knows what. And also, to be fair, politics and everything in that realm affects whatever we do as parents and however our kids grow up and stuff like that so it's really yeah. a natural progression i, I think guess politics is po- politics always ran fr- always ran through your parenting blog stuff but i yeah i mean the genesis for a lot of this was was not a parenting blog was it i was it tell, t- tell me about your first um you know folly into uh the world of satirical news Oh yeah, Sato, I mean, again, years ago, I was running a blog that's called um, South, End, South End News Network, which was designed not so much as fake news, because the problem with fake news and satire is people lump them into the same category, when in fact, in my opinion, fake news has more of... Fake news is more about trying to deceive people, possibly for nasty purposes. For instance, you're trying to influence how people vote in an election, or you're trying to start a lynch mob, you know, people sort of roaming the streets, that kind of thing. That's what fake news is for. Satire is more for entertainment reasons. Sometimes they kind of overlap one into the other. But of course, back at the time, what I'm talking about, 2015, was a time when you could publish satire on social on social media, you know, Facebook, and it would get a reasonably large number of people looking at it because... There weren't all these restrictions in place with social media networks panicking about the spread of 
satire stroke fake news so it was basically well worth doing not just from a financial point of view because obviously you put adverts in it and you earn from it but i mean over time stuff like trump's election brexit everything else relates to that basically caused all the social media networks to really crack down hard on the spread of satire fake news whatever you want to call it south end news network it was it was this local news i mean like there was nothing potentially that was going to cause harm to anyone from the news stories that your 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 satire, um, you know, that you were creating in satire. These weren't these were stories about, um, you know, the the Dartford crossing. These were stories about kids' birthday parties. Yeah. These were stories about you know really kind of, um, things that people can relate to. I think that's why people like really love that kind of local satire because they totally get it. It's almost like an in, an, an in joke. There was, and I mean. I mean, they were, I mean, they were, yeah, it's true. I mean, they were generally stories of a local angle. But, I mean, in, in a couple of cases, the so-called mainstream media, the press, high-profile figures in broadcasting... Yeah, you went viral quite a it. few times with... Oh, a couple of times. I mean, again, two, I mean, yeah. I mean, the two biggest examples that kind of bled over into the real world, so to speak, were um, talking about the M25 being shut for a week so that people could have a, um, you know, jogging, cycling, running race, whatever they wanted to do to get active, but closing the M25 for a week. And the timing of it, the timing of me coming up with it, was it was, a, it was at the same time when there was an event in London, a major cycling uh, thing where the city of London was being shut down to quite a lot of traffic for a long period of time so that obviously people could get out and cycle around the city. And at the time, Katie Hopkins was at LBC. She's going off on one of these massive rants about, you know, oh, they're closing the city for cyclists. It took me ages to get to work this morning, blah, blah, blah. And then either either her or one of her researchers or somebody just wanted to have a laugh passed her a copy of my article saying the M25 was going to be shut. And enjoying this remarkable rant about cyclists in London, she says, and I can't believe what I've just read as well. They're going to close the M25 for one <laughs> whole week so that people can jog around it and cycle. And she's going, she's proper going off. And she goes, do you know what? I'm going to go over there and I'm just going to go and laugh at them. And like everything like that. So she goes, she goes off on this massive rant Saturday morning LBC to however, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners they had or even more. And about half an hour later, she goes and issues an apology saying, so, oh, it turns out it wasn't actually real. I mean, Sorry. So, you, so this must have <laughs> given know? you an indication quite early on that you had the capability to set up, um, or, you know, traps to spear these kind of odious characters, which I guess you, you've always had, your, your political beliefs, you know, uh, have changed in a kind of like sense that you've talked about um, how you were, uh, misled during the Brexit vote, and you voted for Brexit, and you regret that. And that, you know, I think that, that yeah, that's yeah. that's fine. But I don't think that yeah. that that was about a very yeah. specific time where you changed your mind about something on which you've been misled. Aside from that, you know, that being different from, um, you you've always held quite strong convictions about fairness and justice, and 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 you've been involved in lots of community work, charity work, um, and and all of that, and so. All of that built to you realizing that you have this strong sense of kind of politics and you have the ability to create these situations that make right wing 
you know, an extreme right wing people look very silly, you know, like whether it's Farage or whether it's Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's a, that's a great talent. Like, I think, I think in terms of doing what you want well, to do, we, yeah. When we talk about, yeah, we, when you, when you, when you talk about traps, it's quite interesting because they're, they're not even technically traps because I've found that so many figures out there have been so desperate to get a point of view across that any kind of any kind of analysis of content just completely flies out, you know, completely flies out, flies out, yeah, flies yeah, yeah. out, you know, flies out the window. You know, they just don't. You know, they're so desperate to get their point of view across, they're just going to take something and run with it, regardless if it's true or not. And the reason that is that even if they do get something completely wrong. By the time it's out there, you know, people would have believed what they've said anyway. And so in many ways, they're still achieving their goal. Yeah. Even if they make themselves look a bit silly in the process, they're still achieving their I goal. Guess so, but again, not in an ideal way. Not talking about maybe the two highest profiles. Not in, a, not, yeah. in a, not in an ideal no, way, but not, yeah, but you're I mean, right. Again, I guess that's just the nature of social media. I mean, you know, even the most kind of poison, poisonous yeah. figures go viral. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, yeah. I mean, again... Putting the M25 issue to one side for a minute, there was um, the other quite high profile was when um, I did, I, it was just something about um, taking, it, it, it was actually a photo of my daughter wearing a cow once, he actually was just 18 months old, I think. But I'm um, just saying, oh, I took my, um, I took my toddler daughter to a birthday party wearing a cow, wearing a cow onesie, and she was kicked out. Because the birthday boy, because the birthday child's mum was a vegan, and she got kicked out. I mean, and the whole thing, and I'm basically uh, writing it. Were there joke names? Were there joke names in there? Joke. I'm sure there was talking a, about yeah, joke names, red hair. It was like, for instance, the baby, the baby was called Tanya Hyde, <laughs> um, and the vegan mother <laughs> was called Esmeralda Soyabeanton or something. You know, all these like oh, ridiculous okay. red hair. It doesn't. It doesn't particularly yeah. give you much. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big. We've talked about this before, you and I. I'm a. I'm a big fan of local press. I'm a big fan of the need for a fair and open press and the rest of it. But yeah, I, I, I know I know many journalists, hardworking journal, dedicated journalists. However, having said that, it doesn't give you much faith in some journalists when they when they miss just traps like that. And I mean, it always. I think that 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 cow onesie actually i'm not gonna say it caused it because i don't want to put that on you but it marked a moment a change when i think that was the start of really people using the word woke you know because it was but, around that time i think i think the reason that maybe i, I don't know if the article's about you know that was it the sun that put out about that your um your the cow baby story and they fell well, for it, was, it i mean i mean did they use the word woke or did they accuse up... you of being woke <laughs> No, no, again, I mean, the story had only been up for a couple of weeks when, again, this was on a Saturday. It always happens on a Saturday for some reason. Um, Saturday morning, I'd get an email from someone on the, the um, pictures desk at the Sun. I think they've got a pictures desk or wherever, whoever deals with photos. Yes. Yeah, um, saying, oh, hi there. Um, we've spotted this photo in an article on your news page. <laughs> news page. Um, oh, is that okay? If you know, Do we have permission to use it if we credit you and i didn't stop at that point and say well hang on a minute this is fake what you're doing i thought yeah go on and yeah. this will be a laugh to see if, and i didn't think that i don't think it'd get much further because I, I would have imagined they would have bundled it up given it to 
editor, sub-editor, whatever, at one point, who would have gone, hang on a minute. But no, literally, a few hours after I gave him permission to use the photo, I was going to do, after that, I was just keeping an eye on the Sun's website every 10, 15 minutes after that, going, are they going to use it? Are they going to use it? And then, sure enough, a couple of hours later, they, there was this whole article on the Sun, and it wasn't an article about a fake news story, saying, oh, you know, such and such is one of fake news. It was literally an article saying a vegan mother has kicked a toddler out of a birthday party wearing a cow onesie. And all they'd done is they'd literally cut and pasted the majority of the article and then created their own article and added stuff in there about other situations where vegans had gone too far. <laughs> vegans I mean, thinking, came too and far. They've even got them reprinted. They're even, you know, according to them. And they've even got them reprinted all the names, all the red herrings. And it was... It was live for about three hours before, before they finally tweaked, and it and it came off. I mean, for that you know, for that basic three-hour period, um, <laughs> it was sort of you know, it was in like sort of yeah, it, it was in the most red section. And I thought, and I thought, how many people have you just so, you know, so do you think so? To as people who don't bother checking. So do you think then that this that that story, like whether you know that it being out there, um. What sort of impact do you think that that had? Do you, do you think that you know it was? I guess it, it it just highlights the kind of the prejudice, doesn't it? That's what it does. It highlights the prejudice that people have against, in this case, yeah. vegans. You know, which is you know not not your um, most often talked about group of people that may be prejudiced prejudiced against. I don't think it's necessarily high on people's priority lists to sort out prejudice against vegans although i'm sure yeah. it happens there are you know people who are prejudiced being prejudiced because of their uh skin color or because of their sexuality for example and that's like it's be far more serious than being prejudiced against being vegan but it marked the fact that the people were were, were willing to accept and get angry about the fact that this sort you know they they weren't able to kind of logically um analyze the situation and realize that this story's fake even when the facts were staring them in the face no, of course not even when the fact even when when clues like tanya hide i mean it's just it's you know so i i i i, I yeah i find it really interesting what it says about us yeah well i mean the thing that the the, the thing that really sealed the deal in terms of oh my god how the hell haven't you checked this properly was um in the original joke one there was a quote from the from the vegan mother saying you wouldn't send your child to a Muslim's birthday party dressed as the side of gammon. <laughs> I mean, the mo it was the most it was the most ridiculous comment to make, and the son reprinted that as well. So, as a quote, yeah. So, thought, so, so, so some why, of these. Why on earth would you believe this? Yeah, yeah. I, so, some of these um, stories have you know ended up touching on quite quite serious social issues and stuff, and I guess that that's what's led you from from satire into you know you 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 um give your opinion forthrightly sometimes on twitter on uh, you know fairly fairly frequently about the, the news of the day like i said earlier you know you're always always hot on that um how's it what's it like trying to you know use satire as a base and and comedy as your kind of vehicle talking about the news um when it's just well it's two things either it's really horrible or it's already really funny yeah. like it's, it's it's beyond satire people keep using this phrase you know that the the current world and what's going on a lot of it's beyond satire 
I guess to, for me, it's so because, like post truth beyond satire. Yeah, yeah, and I guess for me, it's because it's beyond satire because it's already really funny. Now, like, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean I think it's funny in the in the sense that, um, you know, like, ha ha, I, you know, I'm actually laughing. It's it's just funny in that, like, if funny is a mixture of shock and surprise and a disbelief, um, then. Yeah, it, I just quite often I can't believe what I'm hearing, and just I don't know. Maybe it's a defense mechanism to laugh. Is it? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's a defense mechanism to kind of actually find the funny side in in stuff. So yeah, I mean, how well, how would you do that? I mean, I don't. Yeah, I was just saying before that um, obviously when social when the when the social media networks started proper panicking about the spread of satire, fake news, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, again, obviously, compared to a lot of the other satire stroke fake news publishers, obviously mine was quite small. But I mean, even when you talk to the bigger ones that are quite popular on Facebook now, they're all saying the same thing about how, you know, reach has dramatically declined. What once were viable publishing outlets from a financial perspective just aren't, you know, just aren't, just aren't cutting it now because of the way that Facebook, are, Facebook and Twitter and all the others have become really twitchy about this format of um, entertainment. But obviously, yeah, it's been quite cool the way that I've been able to kind of take elements of what I was doing before with South End News Network and just generally turning it to creating social media content now that I do for other organizations and so companies. You just you just mentioned I just want I just want to ask, you just mentioned the word entertainment. Do you yeah. do you see what you do as more entertainment or activism or like both or what i mean do you, do you consider both, I mean, yourself more an entertainer i guess what, what would you write on a form if you're asked to write you know when they ask you occupation and people like you and yeah. people like me oh, i guess God, yeah, you should see my last yeah the last couple of um never know what to the write last couple of birth certificate <laughs> applications that i've filled in oh my god the kids are born like please tell me as far as occupation i was like oh god i just think yeah. it would be so um, cool if one of like, your kids uh, to put social media manager yeah if, yeah social media manager i mean if one of your kids had got dad's occupation as influencer, I think that's cool. That's that's so that's so twenty 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 like there's gotta be some birth certificates out there where the parents' occupation is listed as influencer. Surely that exists. Must be. I mean, to me the word the word the word influencer grates on me because I just get this I just get this vision in my head of, you know, me contacting hotels and restaurants and telling them that I'm gonna come down for like a meal and you know, I'm going to give them loads of exposure. You, you know, all the kind of yeah sort of sense of entitlement that comes with influencing sometimes with the uh, black and white photos of, you know, perfectly clean kitchens where they've got like three kids in the house and you get the impression that literally the kid drops a baked bean on the floor and it's World <laughs> War Three. That kind of mentality. That's why I just really don't buy into the whole influencer thing. Yeah. I mean, I do stuff that is obviously influencing. But it's when you call yourself an influencer and you turn up places and you call yourself an influencer and hi, I'm an influencer. It's like, oh, just shut up seriously. But I mean, but again, the stuff that I do, yeah, it's partial. It's partially influencing. It's partially activism, possibly. It's partially entertainment. I mean, again, to me, an activist isn't just me. Isn't someone like me who sits behind a keyboard? Because again, there's only so much that I can do sat behind a keyboard from a time perspective. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of these people that you'll find marching and taking part in protests you know the people that are actually making a real difference i think you know i'm just someone who happens to have an online platform that i try to 
use I mean, to achieve that kind of goal. But I mean, I wouldn't call myself an activist. No, I mean, uh, especially. I guess uh, from, from my point of view as an outsider, I would say that a lot of what you've done is having a, a positive impact. A lot, a lot of what you're doing, you know, talking yeah. about issues on social media. I think that there is a space for voices in the political world and in the, you know, social civil discourse world there are a space for non-traditional voices right so for example i'm a big fan of carol vorderman and the way that she's using her platform as a you know yeah. tv host and as somebody who's known for being a, a co-host of a, of a of a quiz show um she's using her platform now to speak out about government corruption and about um uh, the mishandling of ppe and about um yeah. issues and you can tell around how worried they are yeah and, and you can tell that she's scaring people well exactly and, and i think that i think that that's because you've got like the daily mail constant hit jobbing and all sorts well yeah. exactly and i think that that's because that fear is coming from because people like carol vorderman and you know to my point people like you they're people that are relatable your 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 people you know you that have grown up in a world where we share our lives online and it's not too unusual to do that i think that you know um we've now all all of us have now fully ad adapted to a digital world perhaps more than and now more than ever like the older people maybe above the age of like 50 or 60 um haven't um and you're just you're there and you're on social media and people know you and they relate to you. So when you then point out the bad things going on around us from corruption to, yeah. you know, um, or, or even actually the good things going on around us as well, which you do a lot of, you do a lot of raising, you know, money for charity and pointing out the good that exists. Um, I just think it, it's going to worry the, worry the establishment. Um, and, and, um, but that's why it's a success. And that's why I think what you do is, in a way, kind of activism. I don't think it matters that you don't see it as that. And I think, you know, that is, in a way, it's probably actually a good thing you don't 100% see it as that because perhaps that has, that contributes to its naturalness. Um, and it's because you, you know, you speak from the heart, right? Like you, like, like we said, you shoot from the hip. If something makes yeah. you angry on, you know, or um, you see something in the news probably like Boris Johnson yesterday um, attempting to, you know, essentially be a, 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 I just, I saw an awful headline. It was um, the head, the front, the, the, the front page of the daily mail and it described him as being agile as a cat. And I just thought, Oh, that's gross. But yeah, whatever. Boris Johnson being, yeah, I've got no idea what's, what, um, what, um, Sarah Vine was on about either. But yeah. yeah. Agile as a cat. It's like, okay. Well, it reminded Sounds me. Sounds a bit almost you know what, pseudo sexual, doesn't yeah, it? Well, yeah. Do you know what sprang to mind? It George Galloway. Ooh, sorry, um, <laughs> you know George. Oh God, you yeah. Remember on, um, George Galloway? Um, what's his name? Ulenska. Yeah, yeah. And he had to be a and yeah. he crawled up to her feet. This is in the Big Brother house in like what two thousand and I don't know nine or something probably. Um, and um, he had to. He, they were role playing, weren't they? And George Galloway. Um, yeah. Had to was i maybe i'm there's probably some horrible horrible mandela effect going on here but i'm sure he was in a leotard maybe not maybe i've imagined that a bit and i think if i have imagined that bit that's even more worrying than than any of this in the first place but yeah and he had to pretend to be a cat 
anyway, sorry, complete tangent. Probably the, the greatest tangent of all time. Um, but I mean, again, I mean, again, obviously the front page of the mail when, you know, the entirely predictable, I think, front page of the mail as a result of yesterday's proceeding was, I mean, if obviously, you know, if obviously Boris's performance was such a massive success at one point, why did you see his sort of lawyer pull a face that was sort of reminiscent of someone who's just inhaled a wasp? Like, yeah. Ooh, look, like, I know sometimes the of, jokes do just write themselves. Why did you say that kind you, of thing? Sometimes the jokes yeah. just do write themselves, but he's pa- it, it, that was Lord Panic, wasn't it? And you can see you could see the panic um, in Lord Panic's yeah. eyes. Um, yeah, so you must see things like that, and um, and what to, what is what does that make you? Do, you? do you get angry? Do you immediately want to go and, um, you know? find the find the comedy in it or what what you know what what's what's the world of politics doing to you right now it's like, quite difficult to find comedy in it it's quite difficult to find humor in it other than obviously bashing boris type humor and even just because obviously the sheer background of everything saying well okay the sheer number of people who died and who are unable to you know give their loved ones the sort of send-offs that they would have normally expected under regular circumstances because they were so insistent on following the rules. And it, to me, it always comes back to that photo of um, Queen Elizabeth II sitting at um, Prince Philip's funeral. Okay, I know that she's alone in one photo, but on another photo, the angle's out a little bit, and you see other people they're with her. But the fact was, they're still following the rules. And so, you know, there you have the highest profile possible, the highest possible profile person in the most high profile of circumstances following the rules. And it was also, I think it's quite well known now that um, the government even offered to relax certain aspects of the rules just for this funeral. And Her Majesty the Queen was just like, no, absolutely not. The optics would be horrendous and I'm not doing it. So I think, well, if she could do it, you know, why the hell could the government not do I it? Completely, in I completely agree. I completely agree. A lot of people. I completely yeah, agree. Kind of get their heads it's, around, but again, it's interesting. Why so hard um, to get humor from it? Because I'm thinking, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the humor from it is difficult. I mean, it's interesting that um, you should talk about, you know, it being difficult to find the humor in it. I think you. So, to, are you saying that that means you try and you, you don't think you do it? Because I think you do. I think you find the humor in a lot of stuff. I think it's a really good talent. I think it's needed. I think that. Um, even in our darkest moments, it, you know, there needs to be um, humanity, and and humanity is is laughter and it's sadness and it's light and it's dark. Um, so I think you know you do manage it and you do, you do do a good job of it. It's interesting you talk about the Queen there. Um, I, a question I really wanted to ask you actually is: um, Would you would you consider yourself a royalist? Because I've noticed you. you You've uh, found yourself um, quite um, a follower of Megxit and Harry and Megxit situation. Harry and Meghan's situation. Yeah, the me. sheer. Oh, it's just. Do you know what? Again, I wouldn't describe myself as an out and out royalist. I just see. I'm just not at the same time. I'm not one of these people who believes the monarchy should be abolished. You know, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, which. That's the problem these days, you know. No one's really allowed to be in the middle of anything. You have to be this option or this option, you know. But again, I'm actually someone who's well. He was actually he was um, 
Prince Charles at the time, obviously now King Charles. But I mean, last March we actually met him through the work that we do with Facebook. We actually met him up at Facebook's headquarters in London, talking about the Ukraine humanitarian relief groups and stuff like that. You know, so I'm not someone who's going to sort of you know, sit here and no. tell you, you know, abolish the monarchy. I, I just, I can't. What I, what I do, what I do think, however, is that the monarchy, the royal family, do obviously need to modernize and the biggest opportunity that they had to modernize in a generation would have been harry and Meghan being front and center because of you know the whole thing was literally it was that it was it was just an absolute open goal for the monarchy that they've somehow missed one yeah for one reason or, or another well, i and just if i'm being honest it's the press the press and society have literally it's just you know i see some I see the way that people like Dan Woodson and Mao have been going on and well, the things that Jeremy Clark has said and Piers Morgan, you know. It's been vile. It's, it's, just, been... it's just been literally unhinged. Some yeah, of them. It's it has. Been, it's been it unhinged. Really has. I, can't think of a, my, I can't think of a better way to describe it than unhinged. My um, my view on, on it is that I think the royal family um, for for centuries, for, for, for um you know, th thousands of years, royal families have relied on being visible to the public and being being and the public looking at them and being influenced by them. You know, like I, I am always amazed when learning about history just how much influence over even fairly recent political events such as World War One um, and uh, fairly recent global events, I should say, how much influence royal families had over these events you know world war one the the kings and queens of european countries were you know instrumental in in shaping when and where and how the war started um and royal families have always done that and that's part of their purpose and in order to do that they need to be seen they need to be being talked about i think my overall feeling about the whole um harry and Meghan situation is that it shouldn't it, I don't think it will do long-term damage to the royal family because the the only thing that possibly does long-term damage to a royal family is being forgotten about. I think as long as they're being talked yeah. about and as long as they are taking front pages of newspapers, you know, Charles, he's um, uh, an elderly man like all of us. He's not going to be around forever. The news story will move on. The new royals will come through. And, and I just think that... Um, to a certain extent, as if, if Charles, King Charles has read his history books, as I'm sure he has, probably um, far more history books than, than I have, um, he will know that um, there's no real threat from this. It's just tabloid fodder that has always existed. Um, and this, the sheer number of scandals that the royal family have been through and they're still standing... Um, I think is testament to the fact that they that they um, have a, a high chance of survivability. And in the meantime, it's it's great I think that we've got people like Harry and Meghan to serve as role models. And and you know William and and whoever people choose to be their role their role model, there are far far worse. Whoever young people especially choose to be their role models, there are far far worse role models than any of the members of the royal family there are probably far better ones too granted but um but uh, i think that certainly you know following the the charity 
works that they do and and the support to organizations that they bring um is is a positive thing and yeah that's my hot take um or my shoot from the hip on on the on the royal family thing but um yeah so what's what's it's true what's, it's true really good. it's just it's just it, it's just mad because if things would work out differently you know we would now have you know william and kate would be doing their thing and harry and megan so obviously william and kate would be modernizing the royal family in their fashion um harry and megan would be modernizing the royal family in their way they'll be working together there wouldn't have been any of this ridiculous media frenzy that has literally just pitted one against the other you know and it's been this it's just the whole thing's been mad when in fact there was a massive open goal to be scored in terms of moving the monarchy forward especially with the queen dying recently you know queen Elizabeth II dying recently you know there was a massive opportunity for everybody just to move on and take the royal family forward and it yeah. just hasn't happened because so many in the press and beyond of, and even possibly within I, the royal family themselves in terms of the leaking and placing of story. And it's just been literally one big frenzy to drag itself back into the gutter again. Um, I was pleased to see this morning, actually, just while we're, we're on the subject, that um, a, a new story about Prince William, who's in Poland, um, and he visited an LGBT yeah. bar restaurant and had had dinner and food there he used a a, a gay bar uh so you know i did i just think um that it just goes to show actually how influential you know that these people can be and how important it is um that they use that influence to do things like that really just you know in a in a country which to say it struggles with um with uh homophobia and discrimination would be an understatement um and for the future king of england to choose a lgbt venue um is you know is impactful so i don't think we should underestimate the positive impacts that no no, that, no I mean, these people should have I mean, the only, I mean the only problem there the only problem there is that obviously you're going to have people over here now who literally hang on any word or anything that comes from william and kate who are going to be like he did what he ain't where, you know? Because the yeah, you because know, they're so set in their mindset. That, yeah, but you know, they couldn't possibly get their head around the fact that he'd go to an LGBT. This so it's, 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 it's described as an LGBT you think, restaurant. You think it would change your mind? Yeah, and I've never been to an LGBT restaurant. The, you know, you would have thought that somebody who isn't quite as sympathetic to, you know, LG, LGBT issues would sort of see something like that and go, oh, yeah, actually, perhaps I'm going to change the way that I think. That would obviously be like an, that would obviously be like a perfect world. And you just know that it's not going to happen for some people. And that's like, that's like the real shame here. Absolutely. This has been um, a, a fascinating conversation. We, we went into this, um, you know, dear listeners, I should say, you now, we went into this thinking that we were going to have a chat about what's going on in the news. As always, though, I usually find my guests far more fascinating than the the day's news and so it's it's been really nice to hear you talk about all the uh, all the all the stuff that you've been you've been doing will you come back soon and we'll have a proper chat about what's in the news um yeah definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, as as promised but it's been absolutely wonderful to hear all about what you do and um 
I hope that anyone listening who hasn't yet um, discovered the wonder of Simon Harris, man behaving dadly on Twitter and on Facebook, do go and hunt that down um, and, and, and give him a follow. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. As ever, it's been a pleasure talking with you. If you enjoyed that, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to take part in discussions that help us shape the topics that we're talking about on the podcast, search for our Facebook group, Don't Change the Subject. Until next time, speak to you soon.